Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Now, I, w- I want to say something before I jump into things this morning. And it's going to sound really, really cliche, spiritually cliche. And I'm not saying it to draw your empathy or your sympathy. Um, and I'll, I'll share something that God shared with me. Um, you know, I will tell you that the last few days I have just been hammered and, um, I'm not saying that to over-spiritualize. I'm not saying that for your sympathy. Um, yesterday I, I had to go run some errands. I'm like, God, what in the world is going on? And, and I'm convinced the enemy doesn't want me to teach you what I'm teaching you right now. So if, if I'm willing to be a pinata for a couple weeks, I need you to draw something out. Are y'all with me? Um, And, and I say all that to say because I know we all go through things at times, and, and, and I feel like there's some of you right now going through something, and I want to give you the scripture and the thought that I felt like um, God gave me this morning just for, for just dealing with the devil for a couple of days here. Um, Second Chronicles says, uh, you'll not need to fight in this battle, but here's what you need to do. It goes on, it says, stand firm. Look at someone and say he's talking to you. And I like the next phrase. It says this, stand firm. It says, hold your position. What the enemy is trying to do is for you to give up your position, your faith position, your stance on healing, your faith for provision, your faith for restoration, your faith for freedom, your belief for whatever that is in your life. Don't give up your spot. The rest of that verse goes on and says, if you do that, you'll see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Isn't that good? The end of that verse says, so don't be afraid and dismayed. You'll go out and the Lord will be with you. Um, In the face of your adversity, um, praise. In, In the faith of your challenge, pray, believe, hold on to your healing scripture, hold on to your freedom scripture. Hold on to your deliverance scripture. Hold your position. Everything the enemy is trying to influence you and your moods, your thoughts and feelings to do, you do the opposite. You do the opposite. Amen. All right. That's not in my notes. That's all for free. Um, does that hit home with anybody? All right. So um, I, I told my wife she's, yesterday, she goes, what's going on? I said, um, I, the, the, the enemy doesn't want me to reveal what I'm going to reveal to you in this series. Uh, and this series we started last week is just, yeah, he never wants me to, but sometimes there's just extra like, he doesn't want to expose because, you know, um, your challenge is when you're in darkness or ignorance. Now, I'm not saying you're ignorant, just you don't know. That, that's when the devil has advantage. But when you can bring him out and expose him and get revelation, now he's on your home turf, which brings me to a real important question. How many think the Chiefs are going to win tonight? (laughs) How many think the Eagles? How many are like, is there a game somewhere? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Focus, Aaron. Focus. Here we go. Um, So we're doing this series called the Unholy Trinity. And I assume that you have heard of the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, which is the Father, 
the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's the Holy Trinity, but there's also an unholy trinity. And we started last week talking about an unholy trinity. As a believer, they're your three enemies. I've been joking and saying it's, it's not your boss, it's not your spouse, it's not your cat. It could be your cat. He might be on there, but it's, it's not a person. But you have three enemies, and we're, we're exposing those in this series. And so last weekend, we exposed to you that, that the devil is part of the unholy trinity. I actually did a message last week called The Defeated Devil. And we, we had some internet issues last week. It was on our end. We, we installed some, some, a new service, and something wasn't installed right. And so um, that's why you couldn't watch it last. But it's up on YouTube. If you weren't here, I would really encourage you to help me know it was some good stuff. I really encourage you to go check that out. Um, and so the other part of the Holy Trinity, and we'll finish this up next time, but is the world. And I'm going to give you my title, but before I give you my title, I need you to pay attention to me. Don't jump to a conclusion. I'm not talking about a person or a political party. Although people and political parties would fall under this influence, all right? So, because some of you immediately are going to be like, oh, he's talking politics, I'm out here. Or some of you would be like, yeah, he's talking politics. So, it's, 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 it, it's part of politics, but it's a b- bigger picture of good and evil. Are you with me? Everybody say, I promise. All right, well, well, here we go. Here's my title today. Last weekend, it was The Defeated Devil. Today, it's The Woke World. And so I need to explain my title. First of all, how many have heard that phrase, woke, a lot the last couple of years? So I, I wanted to do a little research and just discover what all that really means. So I did a little bit of research for you. And the word woke has been around. It was pinned in 1962. It came out of an article in the New York Times. And and basically, here's where it it came from. Um, At that time, pop culture started absorbing jazz music and slang from communities into their, um, uh, uh, actually, hippies and beatniks started absorbing it, to be honest with you. So this whole article came out. They called it uh, wokeism. And over the years, it has, has developed and it has adapted. They actually stuck it in our dictionary in 2017. Now, I, I'm going to read this part to you. But in 2017, they added it to our dictionary and defined it this way, to be aware of and actively attentive to important issues, especially in the area of racial justice and social justice. Okay, not, not a bad thing, but it adapts even more following that. Its meaning has evolved further with the rise of, I'm sure you've heard of this, cancel culture. Literally continuing to adapt today to mean this, um, to describe people who would rather silence critics than listen to them. Woke has now become the far-left liberal ideology of progressive activ- activism that's in direct opposition to conservative biblical principles that has become normalized in our world. It means something different than it did in 1962, and it means something different than it did early on, just making people aware of social and racial injustice. Now it's a whole movement to cancel anything that would be of conservative Christian values. We see that happening in our world today. So that's what woke means. Here's what I mean by 
by the word world. In the Bible, the word world is, is used in some different ways, but in, in, in this context, it's the Greek word cosmos. And it actually has two um, particular meanings. One means that you put things into order. The other meaning is that you adorn something with an adornment. It's where we get words like cosmop- cosmopolitan from. It's, it's where you get the word cosmetics from. Y'all women, you know what that is, right? Guys, that's the aisle your wife goes in, and she doesn't come out for a long period of time. Um, My wife told me the other day, she's like, you used to stick with me in the store. She goes, now you just disappear, and you see me on the way out. I'm like, because I don't, we're lost, this aisle, there's a thousand pieces of lipstick and makeup, and and you ask me what I think, and I I don't know. It freaks me out when you ask me that question. What am I supposed to say? Um, But cosmetics... It means that you put something on your face to intentionally look different. And this is not a message against cosmetics. I believe in cosmetics. They're great, right? But it, it's the idea that, that we're, we're putting, well, well you know, th- there are denominations that, that misuse a scripture that, that says that we shouldn't do that. And really all that scripture means is put as much on the inside, ladies, as you do the outside. It's all, it's all work on both. We're happy about that. That has nothing to do with where I'm going. So, but it means you put cosmetics on to put order to your face to appear a certain way. And so when we see the word world in the Bible, Scripture refers to it as this order or this system that is hostile to God. It would be anti-God. Now, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about a philosophy, a system, an ideology. So I put those two words together. It's any system that's against biblical values. It's any order that's against uh, the way God has things or set things up. So are you with me? I wanted to define all of that. One of your enemies is the devil. Another enemy that you have is the world that we live in. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about a feel, um, a vibe, an atmosphere, an attitude, a system. Are you all ready to go? So let's start in the book of Ephesians. This is chapter two. I'm going to read to you a few verses. Um, with, with the idea of the world in mind, listen to what the Bible says. Once you, everyone say me, you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. Verse two, you used to live in that sin like the rest of the what? The rest of the cosmos. You obeyed the devil who was the commander of the power in the unseen cosmos or world. <clears throat> and the Bible goes on and says, he's the spirit that is in, at work in the hearts of those who, will, who refuse to obey God. Now, all of us used to live that way. We followed the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature And by our very nature, we actually were subject to the anger of God like everyone else. Anyone remember those days? What that is saying, there was a day in your life, unless you just came out born in church and, and saved, there was a day where you were under the power of the world. You believed like the world, you thought like the world, you lived like the world, you talked like the world, you ate like the world, you drank like the world, you danced like the world. You, it, it was, that's just how you functioned. And in that world, you, you disobeyed God, you lived by your own desires and lusts. And the Bible said that that actually made you subject to the anger of God. 
How many know that's not a good place to be? Now, if I stop at that verse, that's sad. But look at verse 4. But God. Anybody in this house this morning glad you had a but God moment? <clears throat> but God. Look what it says. But God was so rich in mercy. Some of you ought to be glad for his mercy. And he loved you so much. That's his grace. That even though you were dead because of your sins, he gave you life when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's only by the grace of God that you were saved. You were once walking dead. You were once spiritually dead. You were taking the course of the world. You were tracked. Some of you were doing a really good job following the beliefs, the patterns, the principles, and the standards of the world. And the Bible, according to 2 Corinthians, says you were under the power of the God of this world. And the devil was the God of this world. But God, but God's so rich in his grace and his power and his mercy and his love, he transported you from the world into his kingdom, from the world of darkness into the kingdom of his light. I said this last week that the devil was against Jesus and listen, the world is against the kingdom of God. The world system is in opposition to God's kingdom, and those are two totally different ways of living and believing. They have different lifestyles, they have different loyalties, they have different loves, they have different standards, and they're opposed to each other. Are you with me? Can I give you another verse? This is James chapter 4, and this is an extreme rebuke by James. James says it this way, you are an adulterous people. Don't you know... That friendship, everyone say friendship. Let me define that word for you. The word friendship means um, you've taken interest in, you're fond of something, you are affectionate, you're attached to something, you've adopted the standards of something. So James give a, gives a strong rebuke and he says, you're acting like adulterous people. You know that friendship with the cosmos or the world actually puts you at enmity with God. Therefore, if you choose to be a friend of the world, it actually puts you in what? Opposition to God. There was a time in your life before you came a believer, your life was actually in opposition to God. But now we can read this scripture and hang on for a moment. But you know that even though you love Jesus and you are a believer, you're going to heaven. There might be some areas of our life that we've allowed to be in opposition to God. There might be some areas of our conduct, beliefs, um, attitudes, thoughts that could be in opposition to God. Uh, they used to use this word, um, worldly. We, we, we can love Jesus and allow some worldly issues in our life. And those areas of our life, guess what, can be in opposition to God. doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean you don't love God. If you're not a believer, you're in total enmity with God. But what if there are some thoughts, theories, and, and things of that nature that are keeping us in opposition to God's kingdom? Actually, if you look up the word worldliness in the Bible or not the Bible, but in Webster's, it says this, being devoted to this world and its pursuits rather than spiritual affairs. Being devoted to this world and the pursuits of this world rather than spiritual affairs. Are you all still trekking with me? I'm taking you somewhere good this morning. I'm going to help you. Um, so what do we, what do you, and what do I do to protect ourselves 
from allowing worldliness or the spirit of the world or a woke world to have influence in our lives. That's what I want to talk about for a few moments. But what would be the strategy of this world? Can I just show you a slide and just throw this out there to you? That the, this is what the world wants to do. It wants to con- conform you to its agenda. It wants to cower you to its tyranny. So if it can conform you to its agenda, it's got to get you to compromise. If it, if it wants to cower you to its tyranny, it wants to uh, uh, bring oppression on you. And it ultimately wants you to concede to its control. Now, now leave that slide up just for a moment, guys. This is, this is the world's agenda. I, I'll share with you how it does this in a few moments. And once again, remember, I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about a system that's under the power of the enemy. And this is what it wants to do. It wants to conform you completely away from who God says you are, what God says you can be, what God says you can have. It's trying to conform you. This happens throughout our culture and throughout our society. It's trying to conform you. And if you compromise, you will conform. And it's trying to cower you to its tyranny. Um, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if it was a year or two ago. I said on a Sunday, I said, the spirit prevalent on the world right now is fear. And that fear absolutely went from the back door in the basement to in your face. There is spiritual opposition, opposition to God, the word of God, and Christianity that's come full circle. And now it is becoming violent. It's becoming oppressive right before our eyes. And it wants you to concede to its control. It wants you to concede to its control. That's the world's strategy. And I'm a firm believer that if someone came up in, in your grill and in your space and said, I'm going to make you conform, you're going to cower and concede, I believe that the majority of you would stand firm in your standards and your faith. I believe that the majority of you would die for your faith. But what about when it's not so in your face Yet it's in your face, but it's a more subtle approach or more deceptive approach. Because we can see this stuff in, in education at times. We can see it in science. We can definitely see it in media. Then we need to know how to protect ourselves when it is not so much um, aggressive, but deceptive. Amen? You said, is it really deceptive? Yes. The God of this world is the devil. And we learned last week that he is the king of what? All deception. It's what he does. It is who he is. All right, are you ready to rock and roll? Here we go. So, so here, here's, here's my challenge to you this morning, how we stand against the woke world. It's an enemy of ours, not the people in it, but the system, the realm, and the beliefs. Y'all don't, don't walk out of here and say, yeah, Pastor, and us, I hate people. No, that's not what, what I'm telling you. Here's the first thing I want to challenge you to do is to check your alignment. Check your alignment. Um, we should be really familiar with this concept here in West Virginia because, uh, first of all, I don't know what's happening this year because we, we, we usually have a lot worse winters, but when winter comes and, and winter transitions into the spring, uh, our roads are a mess. There's debris and uh, there's um, potholes. Um, some of them are more like craters. Um, you can, they look like small sinkholes. <laughs> How many, uh, I'm that guy who does real good at finding them. 
because I just take off and, and I think I think if you go fast enough, you just go over them. That doesn't always work. Um, does anyone sort of have a knack for finding potholes like I do? <laughs> My dad raised his hands. So that's where I get it from. Um, <laughs> I was with my daughter the other day, and, and, and she picked me up. I had actually taken my car in to have oil change and tires rotated and all that, and she picks me up, and um, so she's talking about how it, the car feels like it's pulling a little bit when she goes so fast. I said, what's your alignment? So I had this whole conversation with her about what alignment is, and that's something we need to look at. And So what happens with alignment is it, it, you don't always notice it at first, but all of a sudden it just starts pulling you what? off course or off, and it usually happens until one day you hit like 60 miles an hour and everything does this, and then you got to go pay some money to have your car put back into what? Alignment. Can I say that it's easier to stay in alignment than it is to get back into alignment? It's less costly, but I want you to check your alignment this morning, and what I mean by that is whatever it is that you're aligning with, you're in agreement with. What you're in alignment with, you're in agreement, whether you want to or not, you get into agreement with. Uh, John chapter 15, Jesus said this. Uh, he said, just remember, when the unbelieving world hates you, it first hated me. If you were to give your allegiance to the world, uh, they would love and they would welcome you as one of their own. But because you won't align yourself with the values of this world, um, the world hates you. I've chosen you, and I've taken you up and out of this world to be mine. If we wonder, I'll just tell you that your beliefs as a believer, your, um, your Christian beliefs that you adhere to, that the word of God that you believe in, the reason why the world's opposed to that is because the world system hates God. The God of this world hates God. He hates the word of God. He hates the Jesus in you. And there's an attack against the word of God in our culture today. I don't know if any of us ever thought we would witness that, but it's happening before our own eyes. You, you have got to keep yourself in line with the scripture, with the word of God. Because if the devil can't get you, if he can keep you from the word of God, he wins, but if he can't keep you from the word of God, he will keep the word of God from working in your life by attacking your beliefs, your opportunities, your, your modes, your, 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 your revelation. And, and so what you and I have to keep doing is keep keeping ourselves in align with the truth, with scripture, with what God says. Um, uh, the world will water the word down. Religion will water the word down. Churches today are watering the word down. You, get, you, you and I need, that's why I'm preaching so strong, we, we need to keep ourselves in line with Scripture because it's Scripture that will set you free. It, it's Scripture that will keep you standing. It's, it's, the, it's the words of Jesus that will keep you living and breathing, but, but, but it's very clear that, that we should not be shocked at what we see in the world because the world is jacked up because the father of the world, the leader of the world, the God of this world is, is the father of deception himself. But see, when you know the truth, it will liberate you. You are no longer under his power. God took you when you said, I believe in you, Jesus, and he transformed you from darkness to life. But it put you in opposition to this world. And some, of, uh, some of you in some of the church world is trying really hard to fit in to be relevant. You won't fit back in. What keeps you relevant to the world? And we need, we need to think about the world. I'm not, I'm not saying that the wrong way. I'm saying what, what makes you and I relevant to the world is the love of God. In the truth of scripture. 
So the Bible is very clear that we need to keep ourselves in alignment. The Bible actually says it this way, that you are in the world, you're just not of it. As a Christian, there are, there are only two things that are going to get you out of this world. And I know there are times, have you ever had those times where like, I just want out of here? There are only two things that's going to get you out of this world. One is you're going to stop breathing and go to heaven. Or two, um, you're going to experience the rapture. That's the only two things that will get you out of the world. But if you're still in the world, then God's got a reason for you still living and breathing and being in this world. I'll actually talk about that more in a, in, in a moment. But we need to check our alignment because we're called to live by heaven's principles here on earth. The Bible actually says this. You're, you're, you're here. You're, you're sort of you're a sojourner. You're making your way through. Your citizenship is elsewhere. If you've ever traveled to a different country, um, you might be in that country visiting for a while, but you have a passport from the USA. Well, you have a passport from a different culture. When we use the word world and kingdom, we're just using the word culture. Your culture is different. Culture is custom, it's belief, it's territory, and yours is totally different from this world. And I just want to challenge you, um, you don't have to think, breathe, believe this culture. Your, your culture is a higher culture. Now, we exist here, we operate here, but thank God we, we do live by a different standard. Amen. I, at least some of you believe that. But, but we elbow him and say, he's talking to you again. I want you to get this. Let's check our alignment because sometimes our beliefs, our theories, the way we live and breathe becomes too much like the neighborhood we're in. It has become too much like the culture we found ourselves in. It has become too much like the society that's surrounding us. Let's check our alignment. And it can happen to any of us. It can happen to any of us. So one, we check our what? Two, we guard our affection. Everybody say affection. And by affection, I mean fondness. That's that scripture we just read. Don't become too fond of the world. Don't become a friend of the world. It's the same thing as affection. It's the same word. Don't, uh, uh, we, we, we check our alignment and we have to guard our affection. There's a lot of things playing for your affection. Your fondness, your interest, your passion, your heart. This is 1 John chapter 2. Let me read you a few verses. Don't let the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of this world. Or don't set the affections, I'm sorry. Don't set the affections of your heart on this world or loving the things of this world. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. Did y'all hear that? They, they don't fit. They're incompatible. For all the world can offer us, which is the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of things of the world, and the obsession with status and importance. None of these things come from the Father, but they actually come from the world. This world and all of its desires are in the process of passing away, but those who love to do the will of God, that stands forever. That lives forever. That lasts forever. And, and this verse should be worded this way in its original context. Instead of saying, don't set your affections, it's actually worded this way. Stop setting your affections or stop loving the world and everything that's in it. That means stop being obsessed with everything that's in the world. Our love, our affection, our attention has to be on the things of God, the word of God, the person of Jesus, the, 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 the love of God. Let me, let me put it this way to you because I wrote this down. I think this is awesome. So I want you to make me feel good about this. Um, Love for the world will displace the love of the Father. Just like love for the Father will displace the love of the world. 
I'm going to say it again because it was really good. Love for the world will displace the love of the Father, just like love for the Father will displace love for the world. And what I mean by that is if you let yourself have too much love for the here and now and the world and the things that are in it, it will displace the love of the Father in your life. And this is what 2 John is talking about. Don't let the system of the world or even the stuff in the world displace the love you have that belongs to your Father. And it, it actually lists some things that are in the world. It says the lust of the flesh. That's just, that just means there are, there are primitive desires in your flesh and the world wants to appease all of those. But as we read in Ephesians, it only leads to destruction. It talks about lust of the eyes. That just means you see it, you want it. You see it, you want it. And the pride of life, which means you get your standard and your identity and your well-being and your fitting in from the world. And the Bible says, don't, don't you obsess with that. You don't have to keep up with the world. If you're trying to keep up the, with the world, it's passing away. You used to be a dead man, and when you were a dead man, you chased dead things. Why would you be alive now and still chase the same dead things? All that stuff is ending, all of that is ending in destruction, but the things of the God, the things of God, I mean, it's, it's ending in blessing, it's ending in reward, it's in, you, you just, we, we can't keep letting our hearts be set on the things that are in this world. So we need to check our alignment, we need to guard our affections. Here's the last one, and I put two words in here, you need to set, or maybe this morning you need to reset your allegiance. You might need to set or reset your allegiance. Everyone say allegiance. And by that, I mean loyalty. Well, I'm doing pretty good, Pastor. God's got most of me. God doesn't want most of you. <laughs> I'm going to go over and talk to these guys. Well, I'm pretty good. You know, I've surrendered most. He doesn't want most of you. He died for all of you. <laughs> Amen. And I will tell you that the most frustrated Christian is a Christian who just lets the spirit of the world on them. When, when God has some of them, or maybe he have, even has most of them, but he doesn't have all of them. Let, 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 me, let me prove that to you. This is Romans chapter 12. Um, this is Paul, and we know Paul's talking to us because we see the beginning of this verse. Beloved friends. Isn't it cool that Paul calls us friends? <laughs> Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's amazing mercy. Remember the mercy we read about before that you used to be stuck in the world's customs, but God? So what's our response to that? Paul's writing. Um, the response is that you surrender yourself to God to be his sacred living what? Sacrifice. You live in holiness. You experience all that delights his heart. This becomes your genuine expression of worship. You know what that means? That you put all of you at God's disposal. I want you to think about this question. Does God have all of you? Or does he have a little bit of you? Does he have some of you? Does he have most of you? What does God really have of you? Uh, you can think he has all of you. You could even say he has all of you. You can convince others that he might have all of you. But our allegiance, our affection, our alignment shows that. 
And I will tell you, the hardest thing you and I have to conquer is not the devil, it's us. God dealt with the devil. We learned last week, he's under your feet, positionally. I would assume your biggest struggle for whatever happens to be your struggle, and we all have a struggle, we just struggle different ways, but we have struggles, is our submission. And the Bible says, what's our proper response? It's to lay our lives down in submission and dedication to God and his ways. Now, let's read on in this verse because it adds to it. It says, so stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you or the cosmos or the what? The world. Stop loving the world. Stop aligning ourselves. Stop having this, our allegiance to the culture around us. But be transformed. Everyone say transformed. By the Spirit of God through total reformation of how you're thinking. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life that's satisfying and perfect in his eyes. That means we dedicate all of ourselves to him. And it means that we are unwilling to conform. What's one thing the world's trying to do is to conform you to its agenda. And I know if it was obviously opposing in your face, I believe you'd stand up. But what about the subtleness of what we've seen and heard and even been trained in at times? This verse literally means stop being conformed to the pattern and the appearance and the fashion of this age. It's habits, it's customs, it's ideals, it's lifestyles. And, and this, this, is, this is a warning in Scripture. What it's saying is, We've been trained up, programmed, reprogrammed, deprogrammed, assaulted, politicized to be a certain way, and it's in opposition to truth. We need to stop being conformed to that. And literally, I'm going to throw this list out to you, and I just want you to check your alignment. I want you to check your affection. I want you to reset your allegiance for a moment. Let me read you this list, and um, then I'll explain it. When the world says, when the scripture says the world or the age, stop being conformed to it, it includes some things like this. It's science. It's education. It's media. It's politics, it's opinions, it's entertainment, it's fashion, it's beliefs, it's philosophy, it's morals, it's ethics, it's pleasures, it's pastimes, it's values, it's priorities, it's aspiration, it's business, and it's money. That's what would be on that list. Now, all of those things within themselves are not evil. See, back in the day, it used to be a, a little something like this. Um, if you went to the cinema, you were wrong. If you watch TV, you're wrong. And so everything was wrong back in the day. Anyone remember those days? It's everything. And the pendulum was way over here. But it swung way over here now to like anything and everything's okay. We need to swing that pendulum back to where truth is. Because 
those things in themselves aren't evil. But here's what you and I have to do. We have to discern when one of those things are evil and they're not. Is all education evil? No. But are there parts of evil trying to indoctrinate you and your family? Absolutely. You've got to discern it. Are there areas of entertainment? Some entertainment? Some songs? It just is a song. But some of it, you better discern there's a message behind it. Does it make every politician evil? No. Is there evil behind politics? Hello. It's the world's agenda. Hear me, believers. You've got the Spirit of God in you, and you've got to discern. Because there's a message, there's an agenda, there's an indoctrination, there's an agenda in that that is opposed to the truth that you that saved you. And Christ pulled you out of it. Don't let your mind stay in it. Don't let your spirit be headed to heaven and your mind be stuck with the stuff on this earth. He said, if your mind can be liberated and transformed and changed, guess what? You'll be free. And he said, we have to stop Letting ourselves conform to this world. How, how, how do we do that? We let him. Um, here's, here's what's so cool about the Bible. When we say words like change, immediately we're like, oh, you say you like change. We don't really like change. Because change is often painful. But the Bible has a better word than change. It's transformation. Let's, let's just play. Right? So if I say you need to change, how many know immediately that's condemning, that's challenging, but when I say he wants to transform you, how many know I'm all for that, I'm all for that, because that means he's about to do something better. So he doesn't want you just to change on your own, he wants the word of God to transform you and alter you. That's what this scripture is all about. So the, 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 this, this woke world is your enemy. The agenda the customs, the, the, the beliefs that's in it, it has an agenda. It has from the beginning. Why? Because the devil is the Lord of it. He's the God of it. He's the father of it. You're just passing through his territory, but you have a different mindset. You have a different standard. You, it's okay and proper and appropriate and expected that you would think different. Are you hearing me? The unholy trinity is a defeated devil and it's a woke world. There's one more part that I'll get to. This is why the devil wanted to mess with me for two days, so I wouldn't tell you that. This should liberate you this morning. Should liberate you this morning. Here's my illustration. I want you to get this. There is an extreme difference between a boat being in water and water being in the boat. Let me help some of you. I told my wife, I said, this is cool. I got this thought. And at first she was like, yeah. And then I explained it and she was like, oh, that's good. When a boat's in water, that's by design. But when the water's in the boat, that's disastrous. You, you, you get out on the water and you're in the boat. The boat's the word of God. The boat is your life. And, 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 and the boat's in the water. The water's the world. By design, that, that's a good thing. But when the, wor- the water that's the world gets in the boat, don't go down with it. Don't go down with it. And if you're out in the middle of the lake and there's some water in your boat, 
you, you need to plug some holes this morning. You need to bail some of that water out. We're going to do that in a moment. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Um, now, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. And we're, we're going to have an honest moment with God here in a moment. But I want you to hear this. Our goal, I'm talking as believers in context of everything that I just said this morning, is not to hide from the world or compete with the world. Because we can. We can. God didn't call us to go hide on a mountaintop. He didn't call us to bunker away from the world. And we're not in competition with the world. We know we win. We're, We're in the winning system. God's system has no inflation or recession. And what the world wants to do is cancel your heavenly culture. Don't let it cancel heaven's culture. Because it's heaven's culture that liberated you and let you live above that now. So what, what, what do we do? Well, I wrote this down because this is biblically what you and I need to do. Um, instead of hiding and competing, we, the Bible very clearly says we need to occupy. We need to occupy. We need, we need to engage, influence, and expand the kingdom's culture. When we're talking culture, culture, every culture, every kingdom, I should say, has a king. Our culture, our kingdom has a king and every king has ways of doing things and they have territory and the, and the goal of a kingdom is to expand territory. And the kingdom of God, that's why the Bible says it will suffer violently. What that means is we're to take surroundings by the power of God, by the love of God. So we're not to go hide from the world. We're in it, but we're expanding the kingdom. Guys, listen, the gospel still works. The transforming power of grace as much as it worked in your life, it works in this culture. Now, can I meddle for a moment? Then we'll worship. My heart, our, Pastor Diane and I, our, our team, our, our, our heart is that we raise up strong, faith-filled men and women of God who know the word. Because when you know the word, you don't have to walk in the fear of the world. And you can discern it. But there's a church culture that's not discerning it right now. And you've got to hear me on this. Because I'm seeing this happen. The church is missing because they're messing the message up and modernizing the message. Now, I believe we use modern techniques. But here's, here's some junk I'm seeing. Lord, help me explain this the right way. There's a movement in the church to just love everybody as is. Now, let me explain that. The most powerful thing that changed your life that will change this world is the love of God. But the love of God can love somebody without, without accepting their standard of living.
It's the love of God, the agape love. Now, listen, because there's, there's a movement in the church world that we become like the world and we accept everything, and that's love. Guys, that is not love. Love is transformational. Love drives out fear. Love is change. Did you all just hear that? Because there are churches bowing down to a wrong model, and they're saying you can just be who, we, we love anybody where they're at, but we love them enough not to leave them there. And we don't have to believe like the world believes to love that way because that love does not work. That love will not rescue you. It will not break your addiction. It will not transform you. And it will not, it will not change you or transform you. Did, did y'all get, man, I hope I explained that right. Because there, there is a mess. Of, we love people right where they're at. We love them. The, they, if they sin like you used to sin or they sin differently, we love the people. But we cannot bow the truth of Scripture in the name of love. Love and truth lock arms and heal. That's why heal heals and delivers people and sets people free. Did y'all get that, man? I hope I explained a lot. But but it's a myth working right now. I I, I tell you, you know, a few weeks ago I, I was on this stage, and I, if you were here, you will remember this. There, there's a, a a pastor and a leader that I used to love to listen to, and I walked in. I was at sitting right down here, and he walked out, and he says, "I'm not anointed." And he said, "Jesus was the only one anointed." I'm just a really good speaker, and it flipped me out, and, and I couldn't. The day I tell you I'm not anointed, you quit listening to me. Because without the anointing, I'm, I, I'm just Aaron. But I recently heard this same guy say something else. And it was, it was about some differences, particularly homosexuality in our culture. And he said, well, Jesus didn't really say anything about it. He said, John said that, or Matthew said that. Somewhere we, we've forgotten it. God breathed the word of God on those people. So his whole thing now is, is he's including that belief system in a conference. Um, and he's going to lose his voice in our culture. Um, however big our voice is, we're not going to lose it because we're going we're to say what Jesus said. Jesus did say through John, that's a sin. But Jesus did th- say through John, love will, love will love that sinner like he loves some other sin. Are you all with me this morning? There is an awokening. There's a woke world. We're not to be condemning. We're not to be um, hiding. We're not to be competing with it. We're, but we are, we, we are to occupy. See, here's the deal. It's a crazy, messed up, woke world. But the place God put us, he called us, he called us to occupy that space and expand that territory with the power of the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the love of the gospel, the power to reach people through little old you and little old me. Man, did you get something good this morning? Can we, can we stand to our feet? And, you know, I walk into our, our staff meeting and one of the questions I will ask them, I'll say, here's kind of what I'm talking about. Sometimes I know exactly how we do things. And sometimes I'm like, when I say everything, I'll explain what, what I'm, what I'm going to say that day. And I, and I say, how do we walk out of, how do we end it? I don't want you to just be like, oh, now praise the Lord. Thank God he's teaching truth. I, that's not what I want. I, I want you to like, what do you do with that truth I just threw out there? Because you could go home and be like, well, it's good being in church. La-di-da, let's move on. Or if the truth met you in your face this morning, what do you do with it? 
and I said, we, we need to do a worship song. And what you and I need to do is, is do what I just preached this morning. I want to ask you to check your alignment. I want to ask you to check your affections and check your allegiance because what we might need to do today is say, God, I'm sorry I let some of that worldly thinking in. God might be saying to you, you need to start discerning what's going on around you instead of just taking it all in. I believe this. The reason why things are explosive right now, y'all got to get this, is because the enemy, the devil, is trying to force his timetable on this planet. And God's in charge of this timetable. And you need to watch when people saying the church isn't this and the church isn't that. No, the church is the church is getting revived and the church is getting refueled. And the reason why wokeness can't take over right now is because the bride of Jesus is on the planet. Listen to me. That's what's holding wrath back. I'm going to sound like a smart nut here, but that's what's holding global warming back. Read the Bible. When the church is gone, things are going to warm up. It says things will burn up. The devil's trying to, people say, is this the rapture? Is the rapture? You know what? The rapture's coming and it's close. But not when the devil says so. It's when God turns to the sun and says, go get them. And that's, that's about to happen. Come on, yeah. Let, let me tell you what, let me tell you how the rapture won't happen. Oh, it's bad. Let's, let's get the church off the earth before they, no, it's not going to happen like that. It's going to be when God says revival's happening, people's lives, uh, uh, the church is alive. It, it's awoke, not woke, but it's awoke and its impact is happening and revival happens. And he says, all right, now the fulfillment of things. That, that's, that's the church we're a part of. That's the bride of Christ. That's the time. The devil's trying to put things on his, don't, you got to discern it. See, I don't know how to do that. I'm helping you discern it right here, right now. Say, it's just bad. It's a terrible time to be alive. It's a great time to be alive. Don't you let fear grip you. You stay on the word. There is protection in the word of God. Keep your family in the word. Keep your family in church. This is a great time to keep your family in the church. Not because we're hiding, because you might, something might happen here that goes with you out there that changes everything. Say, but the world's crazy. Yeah, because look who's in charge of the world. And it's philosophy, and it's money, and it's government. The church isn't crazy. The church isn't overcoming. The church is a conqueror. It's the bride of Jesus. He's just perfecting it. Amen. But we're going to take a moment. We're going to sing a song. I'll come back out. We'll dismiss. We'll, we'll, we'll let you guys out of here. Got plenty of time to kick off. Can we do what I just said? And if you look in your heart and life and say, got to make a couple adjustments here. You, you, here's all you got to do. God, I'm sorry. I repent of it. Help me to have your discernment. That's a prayer God will not leave unanswered. He'll say, it's good. You're forgiven. And he'll say, trust my spirit. Trust the word of God. Trust the voice of God. Trust the voice coming through the right people at the right time. Amen. Can we do that this morning all across this room?